This morning it is our privilege to have with us uh, Mapile Vilakati. And um, Mapile is, I first met him as a student at EWBC, Emmanuel Wesleyan Bible College, where Dorcas, my sister, serves there, and many of you have gone on mission trips to, uh, to Swaziland. And um, uh, he is now on staff at EWBC, and uh, his wife Hannah is a nurse, and she uh, works at another uh, NGO uh, non-governmental organization uh, that provides care for orphans uh, in Swaziland. And um, uh, Mapile was also the pastor of Imposi Church, which a number of you have been there and worked uh, on that piece of property and helped them to, to get a building up, and um, uh, you have been there. He is now, he's not the pastor there now, but God is calling him in a new direction, and I think he'll share some of that with us this morning. And uh, we as a church, as part of our faith promise giving, beginning this month, today, with the offering that came in today, will be begin a partnership with them in that journey that God is calling them on. So it's a pleasure to have Mapile here this morning and we welcome him to the platform. Right. Good morning this morning. So at least you get uh, what my, you have an idea of what my community looks like, the one that I come from. And I can't say enough how much overwhelming it is to be to be in the midst of you today and to be able to worship with you and the reason why it is overwhelming for me is that it's just how you guys have been able to partner with God and that has been overwhelming to me because the way you guys are involved in missions you actually have no idea what you have done and the many lives that you have touched. Uh, some of you might have said, might say, hey, you know what? We have been to Swaziland. We have been to different countries. So we actually know, you know, the impact that, we, that has been there, but you have no idea the connections of the lives that you have touched the, 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 the lives that you have touched, you do not know how many of those have been able to, to touch. And so for me, it gets very, very overwhelming as I think about that this morning and I get to be part of, of you guys to, uh, to share what is in my heart this morning. And I'm going to ask that, I mean, uh, I think we have a couple of photos here. Uh, and that's the church that's, well, that's Mposi Mposi church that some of you were able to come out and, and I just needed 24 hours to be able to tell all of these stories because <laughs> here this is even a location initially when I got to this church it wasn't even here we got kicked out into different places up until we found this place. So this is actually, believe it or not, it is a better house than we were when I went there the first time. 
and some of you came in and you put the floor on this house and this house was a house of worship for many believers that were some of them were almost some of them had given up about the faith and part of what I had to do when I got to this church was to visit them in their homes and try to resurrect whatever fire that God had put in them and that's how we have been able to to have a house like that and now it's actually not even like this and I'm sorry that I don't have a photo of it it's actually like bricks, a, a nice building with bricks that you guys got in to also come out and get to, to be part of that. You did not just decide to give, but you also went ahead and come in to make sure that it actually happens by putting in your, your physical effort and we're very thankful for that. If you, if you do not get anything from my talking today, I want you to get this one that you are making a difference. You are making a huge difference and I stand here and I'm speaking from here from a heart of gratitude. I'm very, very thankful for each one of you. I'm very thankful for the, the very reason and the fact that God crossed my path with Pastor Bob and crossed my path with Pastor Stephen crossed my part with many of you and that has been a great encouragement now the next photo this guy do you know who this guy is <laughs> so my wife was reminding me uh, yesterday of a vivid picture of how he remembers this guy and this was actually at the at the church that I was pastoring and so things we we did we we, we, before we started the building, we had to put out fence because, you know, you see the cows there, right? So you do not want the cows to come in when the, uh, the mortar is still kind of like trying to dry up for the wall. You do not want the cows coming in and knocking it down. So you want to put the fence around. And so we had to put the fence around. And Sam, he reached out like light down and reached out to the like this and that's how he was getting the soil out of the hole to put in the pole he was lying down like that and then my wife was reminding me of that picture to say and it's just amazing it's it's amazing what you guys have been able to do it has been so humbling to just have you visit our place and say you did not need to do that but you decided to do it anyways and you are very thankful. And I stand here very thankful. And again, you are making a huge difference. One of the reasons why I am here is part of what you, you guys are doing. And one of the privileges I have heard for myself has been to, uh, to come in and to benefit as a student. I came to the Bible College 2011. So I came in as a student, so I have the perspective of a student. And I also just recently started working, and I was part of the staff of EWPC that you guys have been partnering, partnering with for years. And so I also have the privilege of benefiting as a student and also as a staff, as a staff member, and to get 
the perspective of what that looks like from a, both from a, a student perspective and also from the staff perspective. How many of you here think that we have very cute kids? <laughs> okay. Now, with those two kids, we wouldn't have been able to have them born if we did not have any insurance, the one that you guys are sponsoring the Bible College with. And we just did not have the funds to make it happen. Both of our kids, they were born in the same hospital. And it is hard to find a nice and a better place for your kids to be born in my place. And over the years, that has helped us even with different kinds of visits that we are making into the hospital. And I just don't know how, if you guys understand how much difference you're making. I, I don't. Um, we can proceed into the next photo. This guy. <laughs> he, he went to Swaziland and I had the privilege of like translating for him uh, as he was sharing on pastor's camp and even like going into the different, uh, the different churches, particularly my church. And it was a privilege to meet him there. And a very crazy guy for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> And if we can get to the next photo. Yes. <laughs> I have a very few minutes here. And I, I wish I had more. But here, we are standing here. I'm translating for him. But it is not just, you know, flying in with an airplane and just being there, you know, and just walking two steps into the church. No. Here, we drove to the bottom of the mountain. That mountain, we climbed up the mountain with him. <laughs> Meanwhile, he had to be preaching when he got there. <laughs> and I'm sure he might have shared some photos with you, but he, he might have decided to hide them too. But <laughs> anyways, this guy, I'm glad I know him. I'm glad that the, the Lord crossed my path with him and so that I will know how crazy he is. <laughs> what he never knew is that when he went to Swaziland and expressed his craziness for the Lord, he never had an idea that one day I'll be standing in front of you and I'll be doing the very same crazy thing. <laughs> and I'm so, so thankful for this opportunity to stand in front of you. Hi, it was the church, and we are very thankful for whatever you have given unto the Lord. And thank you so much for partnering with the Lord. We are very, very, very thankful. Again, if you are not getting anything out of this preaching this morning, just get the fact that you are actually making a difference. Maybe to give you a little bit of context, we can proceed from. So, this is another guy. And maybe we can stop showing the photos for a while. I'll come back to these, because these are different stories. This is uh, my community. This is where I grew up from. So you can, you can just give me a blank 
a blank screen, please? Yes, thank you. So, let me just give you a, a little bit of context here. I grew up in this place. The photos that you are seeing in the videos, that's my community, that's the village I grew up in. And uh, life was really hard. <coughs> life was really, really hard. And I actually never had an idea how hard life was until uh, I started like, I don't know, I started having to make decisions for myself to realize how much my grandma has done for me and how much God has done for me to have a better life. Growing up, we grew, I grew up with, under the guidance of my grandmother. And uh, my grandmother, we took me in. Well, I'm born between, uh, between a military guy and, and my mother. So when my father came in, uh, as a military guy into a military base that is in my, in my place. My father was already married and he met my mom at 15 years and I was born. And after that, my father left us from a very young age. My mother and I stood there and we were staying there, hoping that someday he will come back, he will come back. And eventually my mother is like, well, you know what? I'm gonna put you with your grandmother so that I'll go try to find a job so that we can have something to eat on the table. And so that's how she left also. And that's how I stayed with my grandmother from the beginning of my education up until I graduated high school. And my mother and my father, they were never part of my life of that contribution. And my mother was there. He became a father and a mother. And yeah. This is not a very surprising story for Swaziland. Most of the kids, a majority of kids right now, are raised by grandmothers because of the effects of HIV and AIDS, but also because of the absent fathers and absent parents. And if you have a family today, you better thank the Lord for that. If you have a mother that you can go to and complain to, <laughs> and if you have a father that you can play hard with and you can slam your underground, be thankful for that. And so, sometimes we, when we, as we were growing up, we will not have even enough food. In Swaziland, you pay for your own education, you also buy your own uniforms. My grandma had to do that from the first grade until I graduated high school. And sometimes, life was much more harder than <laughs> I could even try to put in words here, because my grandma had a job. When we transitioned into high school, and I do not know what grade is that, but that was when the expenses were gonna be more for our education. And then at that very time, she was unfairly dismissed at work. Meanwhile, taking care of four boys that were, that had to be going into these very expensive, uh, into these high expenses. And I remember my grandmother, 
from being a headmistress or the principal of a school, she decided to make small ice packs, carry them with her head and go to different schools and walk there and sell them so that we'll get money for transport and money for our uniforms to be able to go to school. If you ask me how we finished school today, I'll tell you this, I have no idea. And I'm thankful for God to give me such an amazing grandmother. When I finished high school, my grandma came to me, called me and said, I'm here, sit. And I sat there and she said to me, I know you're very angry and I know that you're not very happy. You think this situation is very unfair. But I'm going to say this to you. I want you to know this, that you only have one biological mother and you only have one biological father. And I want you to go visit them. I want you to pursue them. I want you to pursue a relationship with them and make things right with them. This was a very hard challenge for me, but because of who she is and what she has done, I, I couldn't. That's, that's one thing that I could do for my grandmother. And so today I have a better relationship with my father and my mother, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And so today, this morning, I want to talk to you about a topic that is very dear to my heart, and the topic is the heart of the Father. And 2011, 2010, I got saved. 2011, I got to go to the Bible College. 2012, I met Bob. And Stephen, and most of you guys. And Actually, 2011, I met Dorcas before I met, I met Bob. And Dorcas is someone else. <laughs> she was the first one to celebrate, to, to throw a party for me, to celebrate my birthday, the first one. My very first birthday. She was the first one to celebrate that with me. And, and I couldn't understand the feeling at that time. What, someone is celebrating that I was born? And it was, it was, it was amazing. Dorcas and Matthias have remained wonderful friends to us. And we are thankful for them. And my community is very, is very hostile in terms of like nurturing dreams and encouraging young people to be what God has created them to be. If you ask me how I made it today, that's because of God, and that's because of the couple of people that God decided to send on my way to be where I am today. And I'm very thankful to him for you and for his heart that he has towards me and the heart that he has for the world. And you guys become so special because you are right there at the heart of God. You're walking there at the heart of God. The heart of God is everywhere, and that's where you guys have been. So, 
Let me quickly talk about the heart of the Father this morning. The story is found in the book of Luke, chapter 15. And we have a very famous story there. And I'm going to read a couple of verses because of time, but it's a story that you guys know. Jesus tells these three, these three parables. One is the parable of, of the lost coin. And the second one is the parable of the lost sheep. And the third one is the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, which I do not agree with the topic, the prodigal son. Rather, I would like to call it the heart of the father. And so this morning, I just want to talk briefly about that because I've seen God being a father to me in many different ways. And I just, and you, you, you guys like to be in the heart of God. Dorcas used to say, if you would uh, listen to God's heart and you will hear it uh, boom, boom, go boom, boom. We, we always think that we will hear it say boom, boom, but he, she said you will hear it say missions, missions, missions. And that is one way she would describe the heart of the Father. But Jesus begins the story here. He says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This is how Jesus begins the story. And this is how Jesus begins the series of these stories. And so here we see Jesus literally breaking the rules at the time. And he goes in, he decides, I'm going to go where the people are. I'm going to take all the risk that I'm going to take from all the Pharisees. I'm going to go where the people are. And we know that Jesus is the We know that Jesus is the direct representative of God's heart. And so we see Jesus, first of all, coming from heaven to earth. And then now, reaching down and sitting with sinners and talking to them. And that is very hard. But I've seen you guys do it. I've seen you guys leave your church here and decided to give to people that you have never met and after that deciding to go to a culture that you really do not know exactly. Risking speaking all of your good English that everyone will understand if you speak it because there if you speak like intense English it's very hard for people to understand. But then you guys went and you decided to go and get dirty. And people are like, might be looking at you like, what, what, what a funny church. What are you guys doing? Is it because you don't have much to do here in the U.S.? And you guys revealed the heart of the Father to us in lots of different ways. And so the Father here, we get into the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son decides, Father, give me my inheritance, literally deciding, I'm going to bury you alive. So you're dead, dad. 
sorry, give me my inheritance and I want to go. And then he takes off the father without a question, does what? Hands it to him and he goes. Of course, like he squanders it in terrible living, but then he comes back into his senses and he's like, I want to go back to my father and I'm going to go back to him and say, I'm sorry. And the father accepts him back. <laughs> and meanwhile, the younger son, the older son is in the, in the field and she, he hears about this when he comes back from the fields. He hears that there is a party that's going on. The father has decided to throw a party here and says, what is going on here? Basically, he did not go in. He stands at, at the door, maybe I'm thinking. He stands at the door. That's not what the Bible says. And he's, you know, standing there. What's going on here? You know, and, and this servant explains to him, you your, 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 younger son, your, your younger brother was gone and now he's back and your father decided to throw this celebration for him and he gets angry bad attitude and he stands there he's like I'm not going in there and so what do we see from there we see the father coming out again so it was the very same father that saw a son the younger son from a distance and decided to run towards him and give him a hug and say, son, welcome back. I restore you back into full sonship, even though you don't deserve it. And it is the very same father that when the, the older son decides to throw a bad attitude, decides to misunderstand the heart of the father, the father goes towards him. How does this story become the story of the prodigal son? It is the story of the heart of the Father. And a couple of things that I have observed here from this story is, one, is the love of the Father. So much love. I don't understand how someone can decide to say, Father, you know, let's just say you're dead. And I'm going. Give me my inheritance. The Father gives it back gives it to him and he goes make terrible choices but decides to come back and the father saw him from a distance decides to go and meet him give him a hi he doesn't even wait for him to finish all his practice speech yes. gives him a hug so special for me. Some people are saying that when Jesus was speaking at that time in the Jewish context, if the son decided to rebel against the father or the parents, the son was supposed to be taken out of the home and was supposed to be stoned outside the gate by the community because he is deciding to, 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 to disobey the authority of his father. And so when the father saw him from a distance and deciding to go there and hug him, some believe that he was saying, the father was saying, if they kill you outside the gate, they better be killing me too. And I'm thinking, isn't that what Jesus did for us? That God will die for us? 
that God will die for our sins, that God will die for our deliberate action to decide to rebel against him. Even though I grew up with a very hard life, I had my choices to make, and I remember making rebellious decisions against God. And yet he he still decided to save me for some reason. That's what God did. That's, That's the heart of the Father. He is love. He loves us more than we can fully understand. And his love, the song says, is reckless. And it's hard to understand. He takes all the risks so that he will come to us. Not only just to speak the love to us, but to make us feel the love. And I'm thankful to have a father like that. And I'm thankful that God has that kind of a heart. The second thing I'm learning from this passage is the forgiveness of the father. He he never said, I forgive you, son. He just hugged him back. He just gave him a warm hug. My body itches to just feel the warmth of that kind of hug. Even as I'm talking about it, because the way the father accepted the son, it makes me really like wonder how that hug was. How, How did the son feel on that hug? More than that, The father decides, I'm not going to just forgive you, but I'm actually going to restore you back into sonship. He brings the ring, he brings, and the ring is supposed to be a sign of authority to say, you have a part here at home, you're welcome home. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, my daughter. From all your actions, from all of your deliberate decisions, welcome home. That's how the Father has welcomed all of us here. And we are here not because of our own strength, not because of our own doing, because of the heart of the Father. And I'm thankful that that's who he is. The last thing that I'm learning is the Father celebrates the coming back of a lost soul. The father celebrates the decision of one making a decision, of one that's deciding, I'm going to go back into my father. And when the father realizes that, he celebrates. In all of the three stories that Jesus tells, the lost coin, when the lost coin is found, what happens? The celebration. When the lost sheep has been lost and now is found, what happens after that? A celebration. When the younger son decided, I'm going to come back home, what does the father do? Celebrate. It doesn't even make sense because this is our own actions, but the father decides, I'm going to celebrate because it just shows the heart that God has for us. Even when the older son decided, I will have a bad attitude, the father decided to go in and love him anyways. Decided to take the time and explain, even though he needed not to explain some things to him. And one of the things that he says, he says, son, 
I did not basically need to kill a fattened calf for you because all that I have is yours. So meaning, in other words, if you would have decided that, you know what, today is a good day, is a good day to celebrate with my friends. Hey, Dad, can we kill, kill a fattened calf? You would have done that very easy. All that I have heard, son, is yours. So we realize here, the, the younger son decides to leave the, the heart of the father, definitely rebels against the heart of the father, and decides to come back. But then, clearly, that one is lost, right? We agree, oh, that one is lost. But this one is at home, and he still must misunderstand the heart of the, the, heart of the father. Even though he has stayed with the heart of the father, but still misses it for some reason. And I do recall some of the times in my, in my life, even though I've went to the Bible college, I've gotten saved, where I was like, I understand the heart of the Father. Missed it. I know what he wants me to do is this. You know, yesterday, this is what he did. And I know this is what he wants me to do today. No, it's not. He has his own ways. And his, way, his ways are higher than ours. His love we cannot even fully understand with our minds, even if we were given the full capacity of our to function in, in the fullness of the capacity of our minds. We still wouldn't be able to understand the love of God. And I'm thankful for his love. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for his heart. I'm thankful for his forgiveness that has even allowed me to go and extend the same kind of forgiveness to my parents too. I'm thankful for that. You guys have listened to me talk about my story of growing up and the story of where I am today. The reason why we are starting the community center is because of that. It's because we, I, we want people to fully understand the heart of the Father. Some of them have never even tasted 2% from my community. They have never tasted 2% of, of, the, of the heart of the Father. These photos of these couple of boys here, if you can just put them up. This one, his mother died when he was young. The one in the middle with the Adidas shirt. He died when he was young. She died when he, when he was young. So he never has a memory of his mother. And his father is still alive, but have never taken any initiative in helping him in his life. And we have helped him to, to work through his relationship with his father, and now he stays with us. And it's a long story of how he got to be where he is. But today, he's a very trustworthy guy. And we actually, as we hear, he's at home, and he's taking care of our home. We trust him that much. <laughs> uh, but before, when we met him, he was one of the very stubborn kids that I had a, a, a privilege of coaching uh, when I was still play, playing professional soccer. And we have worked through some things with this guy, accepted the Lord, and he's, re he's feeling the sense of God's call right now in his life. And God has spoken different things for him to, to say to other people. And he's realizing how much he needs to give more to the Lord. But today he's a trustworthy guy. We walk alongside him. He's just one of the kids from my community. And the second one, because, so this guy, I met him when I was, when was this? 
That was years ago. His mother and father, both of them died from HIV and AIDS, and I met him, he started hanging around my work, my workplace, and then someday I decided to take him home. <laughs> and I come in with him, and my grandma is like, who is this guy? I'm like, guy, yeah, just a friend. And so this guy, we shared very special moments with him, and sometimes he would decide to even come home without going home with me. And my grandma would see him there, uh, because my grandma has decided to accept him. He would give him food and give him his place and said, go into your room. <laughs> and so he became a uh, part of our family. Moving into the next photo to see this guy. This is the same guy right now on the far left. Now, I do not know the guy in the middle. I have no idea who that guy is. <laughs> I love these boys, I am thankful for them. So this guy, over the years, he has, because we, I had to go to the Bible college. When I went to the Bible college, we actually lost, kind of like lost touch with him. And then someday he found me and he visited us at the Bible college. Then he started telling me all of these stories and he started reminding me of all kinds of crazy stories uh, of, of growing up. He reminded me how he accepted the Lord through me. I, I, I stopped there for a minute. And I wanted to cry, and I was like, okay, let, let's, let's keep talking. So what else have you done with your life? And he tells me, one day, he gets, he, 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 in the place where he was staying, he, he finds a house that's actually literally burning down with fire. And people, several people are standing around the fire, and they're like watching. So he gets there, and he's like, what's going on in here? And the people are like, the house is burning down. And there's families there that are burning inside. And he's like, what are you waiting for? So he takes off uh, his, his, some of his clothes, and then he goes in. He takes a whole family of five, one by one, by himself, out of the fire. Today they are alive. And the father decided, I'm gonna give you two goats, my son. And the, fire, the firefighters came in late after that, and they said, son, if it wasn't because of your limited education, you will have a job today with us. He did, he did the very same thing with his sister. His sister was burning down the house. In fact, his family, his three sisters have not made good choices and one of them just recently died because of HIV and AIDS and even one today, we are trying to walk alongside her. She's struggling. But this guy, I'm proud of him. In fact, I'm proud of both of these guys. I know them very well, and I'm so thankful that God decided to reveal his heart to them. And I'm thankful for God's heart. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. Will you stand with me?
I warned him not to share anything that I didn't want him to share. And he did a good job. But instead of me crying in prayer, I'll share one stupid story with Mopile. The, the mountain that we climbed that last time that I was in Swaziland, <clears throat> Mopile was to translate for me up on the top of the mountain that, that morning in the church. And uh, they had talked me into climbing this mountain. I asked many, many times, are you sure that I can climb this mountain? I'd never seen it, never knew what the path was like. Oh, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I wasn't fine. Sorry. Yeah, you better be. And we're halfway up the mountain. I don't know how far we up we were up the mountain. And I, I was literally considering giving my Bible and my notes to anyone else to go and preach the message while I just laid there and died. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how I was going to break the news that I would not be able to make it up there, that they were just going to have to leave me with all the black mamba snakes and just leave me behind. And if the Lord allowed, I would, you know, they could pick me up on the way back down, uh, but that I was just going to have to bail and sit there and cry myself to sleep that afternoon and I look over we're taking a break supposed to be drinking water supposed to be you know rejuvenating and Mapila is sitting on a rock polishing his shoes <laughs> while I am considering dying yeah, I'm catching up on time it's killing me I'm thankful from Mopile and for his encouragement. And I did make it to the top of that mountain. I got to preach the gospel, got to be a part of that unique experience, and I got to come home to my kids and my wife. Amen. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful. I, I want you to hear from me, Hyde Wesleyan Church. It is so, I, I hope you get it. Oftentimes, we talk about missions. We continue to put faith promise in front of ourselves. We put pictures of people up on screen. But what a what an awesome opportunity we have had this weekend to hear from one of the students that we have had the pleasure, the privilege of being involved in his life. And he's right. I, when I met him back in 2012 for the first time, I, I was pastoring in Shippensburg. I never in my wildest imagination expected that I would be in the States with Mapile Villicati. I never, never would have expected that. And here, I got to eat at Pizza Hut with him last night. I get to enjoy another meal with him today. It, it's such a unique, it was really good, wasn't it? He ate a whole pizza himself. <laughs> That may not be true. Let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's thank God for his heart and how God has continued to place his heart in the lives of men and women. Lord Jesus, you are so good. And God, our Father, your, your heart is truly your heart. And you have called us, you have expected us to reveal your heart to the world. And I thank you that Mapile and Hannah and Simo and Nicholas are continuing to do that in their community. And God, I just pray that your hand would be upon the Villicottis in a way that can only be explained as your hand. There are lots of things that they are facing in these coming weeks and months after they head back to Swaziland, and God, I just pray right now that you would have your hand upon all the decisions they need to make, that you would continue to reveal yourself to them as they surrender daily to your will and to your cause. Lord, would you give them the desires of their hearts? Thank you for your heart that is so exhibited in the lives of this family. Lord, would you find favor upon them? Would you allow your hand of protection and 
provision to be theirs. Thank you for this day. And thank you for the reminder of the beautiful love of God. Go with us from this place and unite us together continually in understanding that we are your children. Help us to resemble your children today and every day. I pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Don't go anywhere yet. I want to ask the Villacotti family to head on out to the lobby. Head out there and meet, greet people, shake hands. You want to meet this guy, but no more stories. Thank you for being here.